0: And welcome to the Not Nostalgia Podcast. A
1: podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens.
0: My name is Eric Lefebri.
1: And my name is Jessica Trezzaro.
0: And this week we watched P-p-p-point
1: Point Break. Break.
0: And it's remake Point Break. Um... <laughs>
1: i had no idea this was a remake until we started making our podcast i mean just like i feel like this is this could be said of like a lot of our episodes but i was like wait there was a remake of this wait what it was not good spoiler alert
0: no uh but i like i like that it's a funny bit though it's like we surprise ourselves on the pod as it's happening almost in real time like oh yeah what (laughs) okay let's just do that one that's great that's a great idea (laughs)
1: Okay, the first one, first one is super iconic. I had seen it when I was growing up. My dad was a surfer. Like I remember, like because we grew up. um, I grew up in Orange County in like Garden Grove, and he would make us get up so fucking early in the morning. And I'm not a fan of sand. Like me and Anakin, like we get each other on that on that point, (laughs) right? Yeah. But sitting there on the fucking beach when they get up at the crack of dawn. And it's like the sun isn't even fucking out. It is like 30 degrees in SoCal, and I'm freezing my ass off. And my dad's just out there surfing, left me on the beach, and I'm just like, <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, I, I had a lot of like daddy flashback moments, but yeah, I saw this uh, several times throughout my life because uh, because I was I lived in SoCal, so you
0: yeah. Know. And see, for but me, I liked- I've, this this is literally I've never. I've never seen it. I've obviously heard of it. It's been it's like one of those movies that uh straight guys love to geek out about. Um uh-huh. so for me, it's always been on my list. Like many movies are on my list. When I would get to it, who even knows if I would ever get to it. But I'm happy we did it cuz I have a lot to say about it, but overall I get the appeal. Whereas obviously the <laughs> sequel is uh tragic. I mean, the sequel's just Uh, okay
1: but the sequel sequel is a mess but i am so happy that we are going to talk about it because there's no way that i could watch a movie like that and not fucking talk about it
0: no i it was also another one of those where i was like i don't i don't want to be here (laughs) i actively don't want to finish this like i don't care they don't care i don't care Nobody should care about this movie And we should watch something else But again It didn't
1: need to be Point Break It was not Oh god I'm so excited to talk about it Because it's so bad
0: It was YouTube Extreme
1: YouTube Oh my god That monster sponsorship YouTube.
0: YouTube read the movie (laughs) Yeah it's I mean it's It's a shitty movie It really is
1: Should we get into the first one?
0: Let's do it Let's jump in the first one Let's do it
1: After graduating from the FBI Academy, Johnny Utah begins his first assignment in LA investigating bank robberies. He and his newly assigned partner, Agent Pappas, begin working on a case involving bank robbers that call themselves the ex-presidents, who Pappas believes are a group of surfers. Johnny goes undercover as a surfer where he meets and subsequently stalks a woman named Tyler who he emotionally exploits in order to get into the surfing equivalent of the Cool Kids Club, helmed by zen alpha dog Bodie. Life seems pretty good for Johnny Utah, who now has a girlfriend, Tyler, a group of friends, a lead on a case, and, you know, a new hobby.
0: Johnny sets up his first big crime bust, which turns out to be just that, an incredibly violent bust. Only after confronted with the deadly consequences of his assumptions does he start to see things clearly, realizing that his newfound friends are the criminals he's been looking for all along. He figures out where their next heist is and chases them till he hurts his knee, intentionally lets Bodhi get away, and angry shoots his gun into the air. He's then blackmailed into helping Bodhi with one last robbery which goes badly. Another chase happens. A ton of people die. Tyler is there too. Bodie gets away. Johnny catches up with him a few years later and lets him go again because he wants to ride the big boy wave, but it's okay because he totally dies from said big wave. So overall, kind of a good movie.
1: Oh, I love this movie. I I vibe.
0: (laughs) I like, this was one of those, to me, apart from some themes that I want to like tear apart a little bit, I think it's well written and well edited and well directed because it had like at every moment there's engagement of like stakes. And obviously some things are like set up in a way that are like fairly obvious, but like at every turn it's like, Oh, whoa, this and then that and like bang, bang, bang. It's just, it's a good movie. Um, I hate, and this is how I feel about both movies. I think both are like judicial cop propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like this idea of like, well, justice is, is making sure we get the bad guy. But it's like, you've established at the beginning of this movie that they have literally hurt no one. They are stealing insured money from these banks that have way too much of it and will be getting their money back because again, you've established <laughs> this money is insured. I understand that this is a crime and I understand that you as like, FBI agents are trying to stop crime because that's the whole deal with cops. Oh, supposedly the whole deal with cops, which we know is not true. But within that, the cops are the reason all of these other people died. No, rather, the cops are the reason that anybody in this movie died. True. It's that like they're the ones who instigated it. Like that cop on the floor at the uh, that one bank robbery, who's just like. To the security officer like, hey, here's my gun, take the gun out. And the security guy's like, don't pull your gun out, you fucking moron. And the cop pulls his gun out and is like, you better have my back. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he just gets up and starts shooting, gets himself killed and several other innocent people for Mm -hmm. doing what he would consider the right thing. When in fact, it's this ego driven hero complex that a lot of these cops have that inevitably just leads to more violence.
1: Well, and it's like, like you said, like these places are insured. And like, I remember when I was working retail where it was like, I was specifically told in loss prevention classes and stuff, like if somebody comes in and steals something, let them, let them go, let this happen. You know, if somebody comes and robs you, you know, give them the money, give them whatever. But like nothing is worth your life and this is i was like wow this is coming from corporate america it has to be like wow that's
0: wild <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? well to me i mean um, and, and as because because that is obviously the right thing to do but on the back end i understand that it's to prevent lawsuits <laughs> and that's the only reason they don't give a shit about human life yes. they just oh, don't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah, sued yeah. for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars because they instructed 19 year old
1: somebody... me 19 <laughs> year old me was like Wow, that's wild! Like, wow, they, like you know, never having worked a job or anything. Or well, yeah. no, I did work jobs, but just not not in retail. And then I was like, wow, okay, cool, like you know, awesome. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're right, because like in the end, like, cause that's a problem I had with both of these films is so they want to get the bad guy, right, the person that is stealing, that is doing the bad, bad. This is. Like you said insured money. I mean like let's let's take that out of it How much fucking money does it cost them to chase these people down? They have a whole team that is dedicated to just this one case and just just looking at some stuff and trying to figure it out Right not including the travel costs not including the plane ticket to in the second one the plane ticket to Paris You know and all of this other stuff like this costs money like all of this, all of these people, all of these time, and they are paid well because they are cops, right? So yeah. why the fuck are we spending more money than what they stole on trying to get these quote unquote bad guys who aren't hurting anybody, who aren't like, uh, yeah, and it that- just, and oh. and like, what does that cost? Like the, you know, how many people die, how much taxpayer money is spent, right? What is the cost of, seeking justice on these bad guys when in the yeah. end you just fucking let the bad guy go. Like you're a bad, like, okay, cops are bad. You are a bad cop. Like you are yeah. like a bad cop, not because you are bad because cops are bad. You are a bad cop because you can't even do the job that you're supposed to do. So I have a really hard time looking at that cost.
0: And well, that that's, what's difficult with it. Cause I understand that like the intention of making the villains, ethically complicated as a choice and to that effect i'm like okay cool like it was a great choice you're making it complex you're making it hard for us to kind of be on anybody's side but at the end of the day the movie is written from the heroic perspective of the cops because like they're going through all these lengths and like even though he lied to tyler and and all of this stuff like he's still just searching for justice and that's like the whole point of it is like justice will rain. so we meet him at the end when he like he spends however many months waiting to go meet him in australia and then meets him and he's oh, no, like no.
1: he goes to fiji and then he goes oh, to here so he's chasing yes. him all he's, around the globe in these been, two years your tax been, dollars are yeah. going to fucking take him to fiji <laughs> like,
0: and, at, and at this point he's done he's literally not hurt any, I mean, at this point, he has hurt people, but it's like, I mean, at what, like, because of that story, there is this, this intentional, like, we understand that ethically it's complicated on the side of the villains. However, we're painting these cops as the heroes when, in fact, they're the ones who've instigated literally all the violence. Every death that happens in this movie is because those cops did something to affect that. And, like, like mm-hmm. whether it's the, the no-name cop in the bank during the heist or it's Keanu or it's uh, his partner, Gary Busey, they're constantly the ones instigating it. And, again, like, that random heist with uh, Anthony Kiedis and, like, all those other people mm-hmm. who ended up just being drug dealers and there was an undercover cop who was there. Like, that was so, like, that death. Not not to say that, like, oh, these people should have just been left alone. But, like, at the end of the day, yeah, leave them the fuck alone. Sure, they're breaking law, but laws are being broken at all times. These, I mean, I, from what we're seeing in the audience, these people aren't, I mean, I guess they've kind of hurt people. But at the same time, that death was unnecessary, those deaths, rather, were unnecessary, and it was only well, because of a of a poor assumption to make this cop look like a hero. Like, I've saved the day, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to get them when they least expect it. And it was wrong. It was an incorrect hunch, and all these people lost their lives because of it.
1: They tried to put in this, like, sly line where, like, I think Bodhi calls them Nazis. And so, like, it's supposed to be okay that these people are are being killed by the police, right? But the other thing about that, too, is, like, he's like, oh, they're Nazis. They suck because they don't get the spiritual side of surfing. So he wasn't condemning them because they're they're Nazis. He's condemning them because they don't respect nature in the way that he deems appropriate.
0: <laughs> um, he's mad at them because they're not doing yoga not because they're not supposed <laughs> Nazis and you're like wait okay. hold on o- okay, but, okay okay if okay. if that's Fine. the case let's be mad at them for sure but let's make sure we're mad at them <laughs> for the right reason like but, what
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I would really like to get into um so this film is all 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 about the toxic masculinity and being the alpha and pack mentality and the whole thing right and it's really overt in the way that it it shows that within the FBI right where it's really explosive they're really violent and abrasive and you know the way that they talk to each other is with just like the most amount of aggression right um, yeah just like putting people down and the whole thing right it's very everybody is constantly challenging each other for that. Alpha spot, right? Whereas the surfers, they also have that pack mentality. It's just, it's reinforced in really emotionally abusive ways um that are so subtle. I've never gotten that before, but watching it this time, I was like, oh shit, like, okay, I am very down for this because like while they're they're trying to like be put off this like image of like being harmonious and spiritual and stuff like that, they are incredibly territorial they are incredibly yeah. ma- manipulative and exploitative and everything like yes like cool like fucking live your life and you know you're not killing any you're not hurting anybody or taking insurance money fine but that still requires like it still requires you to be living on other people like on like exploiting other people and their their labor or in their work right like you don't want to work i just want to go and do my surfer thing but you know, I'm just gonna take this. This is this is what I'm owed. And like this comes from like this this sense of like entitlement almost that we get with a lot of enlightened white characters will yeah. tend to like inhabit this, right? And exude yeah. this kind of behavior. Yeah. Um but, like, what does he say? Like, there's even a point where, like, you know, Bodhi is, like, going down, like, that road of violence because suddenly, like, he's he's losing control of his dominance, right? And he says, I hate violence. This, uh, see why I need other people? Like, this is paraphrasing, but he needs other people to commit his violence, right? Because he can't dirty his hands. He has to get somebody else to do that, which, yeah. like, is very fitting for that character you know where he he's able to remove himself and he's able to say that he's good or somebody else pushed him to this decision because they're challenging his his masculinity right or you know his place in line and like the way that they talk about surfing and the way that they talk about everything it all has to do with domination over nature itself the way that the surfers talk about like not even just bodhi but everybody is it's like they're talking about riding a wave and they're talking about what happens with their balls right and then they uh they talk about like you know uh riding this big wave is better than sex and writing this like so they always have to tie that type of dominance to sexual acts or sexual organs or to to things that like you know as a male like present dominance right yeah so i'm just like oh shit okay like i don't know like there there were some really incredible uh dialogue choices to like reinforce that on like these really nuanced like levels that i i I felt
0: yeah i mean i completely agree i do think like with the toxic masculine motif throughout all of it was nuanced and intentional because i do i did notice this right off the bat with keanu um rather johnny utah which fully what the fuck, but I'm very into it. Okay, Johnny Tsunami, calm down. Like, this is too much. But, there is a level of like, when he shows up into this very very mask, very testosterone driven, very aggressive, very like Suffocating space at, at the FBI headquarters. He's kind of like the soft outlier, what or what would be considered in that environment effeminate, even though he isn't feminine. But he's mm-hmm. bringing this different energy that is literally the opposite of everything around him. Whether it's uh, his boss, who is what's his name from Scrubs, or Gary Busey, his partner, they're bringing the very expected like. I'm a man and you don't get it because a man's job is and stuff. And he's just like, okay, that's not my deal, but that's fine. And so you're, you're already getting this like different approach to like exploring male spaces. And then he's thrown into a space where it isn't cis male uh, centric. And when he meets Lori Petty for the first time, when he meets Tyler for the first time, He's trying to bring that same energy, and he's like, oh, my name is Johnny Utah. And her reaction is like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's trying to, like, explain this whole, like, why he wants to surf and everything, and, like, why his family. And she's just like, is this going to take a long time? Like, I I don't – Whatever, whatever worked in this other space with these other people is not going to work in this space. Like, so it's instantly – cutting a line between this like like exploring the 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 varying of space right and like where it works where it doesn't and 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 who this character is within both of these spaces and in the same way i feel like catherine bigelow intentionally divided like this is toxic masculinity in a in a faux liberal or a faux forward thinking perspective whereas this side is toxic masculinity that is pro-capitalist and pro Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, pro-status quo and all of these things. So it's you're seeing two opposites where it's like this very white-centric anti-capitalist like villainry is, is shrouded in this idea that you were saying about like, well, we don't have to work but then again he doesn't want to get his hands dirty so there's these two levels but at the same time this is very white anti-capitalist because at this point they're just stealing money right. for themselves to live. This isn't sh- sort of like a Robin Hood thing which they try to do in the next one but fail miserably at, but I want to get into that way more.
1: Oh, well- Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll get into it then. But in this way, that's not what they're doing. It's not anti capitalism because capitalism is bad. It's anti capitalism because we want money and we just want to serve, which is Mm -hmm. in and of itself the sort of same ethos of like a Jeff Bezos or like any sort of corporate head. It's the same exact like, well, I'm not going to work, but I'm still going to reap the benefits of this money, even though. On its surface, they're not hurting anybody, and it's anti capitalist in that way. So I think it's really interesting that, like, there is this dichotomy of toxic masculinity in both spaces, but then also butting that toxic masculinity against femininity, or, or, or like, not, none of this is really queer, but something that is non cis hetero. And to some degree, his experience with Tyler, even though that relationship is presented very hetero there are levels to it when I was watching it that I felt like this is a little queer. I think it's cause she's like kind of masked presenting. Maybe that's like, or or there, there's a level of, of like with her character, it's written to sort of disregard femininity to some degree.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You like, know what I mean? There's no other women in this film except for the fucking badass <laughs> that is fully nude beating the shit out of cops. Yeah. Like, fucking love her so much love yeah. love 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 okay anyways but um <laughs> so tyler right like like you said she's she's a little bit masculine in like presenting yeah right I she think gives she off even, sh- like
0: she gives off like ambiguous vibes which i like ambig- which is like ambig- yeah sh- yeah she and and for that reason it felt very queer. like she's not presenting either way she's just existing in this very like sort of nb sort of space and i'm like I know and I, I and I know that like they're not <laughs> uh, they're obviously not getting into uh, gender identity in any particular way which bums me out because I'm like oh it's right there like if you're already talking about masculinity you're already it. talking <laughs> about cis male hetero shit and anti-capitalism I'm like just, just just I know it's like 1995 or like what what year is this 91 but like just dive in just, just do you're it. right just there go. just yeah. go in <laughs>
1: Um, I feel like Okay, yeah, like, at the very beginning, I feel like she really does present herself as, like, very, like, whatever, I don't have time for you, like, you're gonna get yourself killed, go get the fuck out of here, right? But in that same conversation you referenced earlier, where she's like, look, is this gonna take a long time? She's, like, fucking annoyed and pissed until he's, like, dead parents, and then she's like, oh... Yeah. Like, OK, like and, you know, that's that's another incredibly manipulative thing that men will do is try to bond with you over trauma. Um. So like she's she functions to contextualize how we should feel and view men uh, yes. in this film and also at the same time to reveal men's motives and feelings because they don't talk about them, because even Bodhi, who is supposedly like this, you know, um zen surfer guy right like he doesn't talk about his feelings he like he only shows them through acts of like passive aggression and through varying levels of dominance however he wants to control this conversation he's going to do that right and the same thing with johnny right i i thought it was a weird choice too to where like Johnny was going to come out to her and be like, hey, I'm a cop, right? He was going to say that to her. And then she's like, Shh, no, it's OK, because that's just what she's used to in this world where men can't talk about their feelings and yeah. where it's hard for them. So but like even though she's separate from this and she has like these uh, she recognizes toxic behavior and calls it out and removes herself from it quite a lot. She also like participates in it and she also like she kind of enables it by still being around these people that are still being assholes to her, you know, like sure she's playing football with them and stuff and that's great. And sure she's doing this, but she has to like we never get to see her do anything that is even remotely feminine other than fuck. Right. Like or wear that dress. That's that's the only two times that she does uh, like anything that she never does anything for her.
0: No. And at the end of the day, she's also still just the damsel, which was her whole purpose for being there. Again, she's written to be this sort of like counter hetero expectation. Sure. But at the end of the day, she's still just used as a female prop within the story to allow the men to have these big motive or like character arcs and allow things to happen. She's a prop. She's not real. Just like most women in most of these stories, They're not real. They're just... They're literally just there to prop the men up to keep their stories going.
1: And it's so hard because, like, you know, like, she's presented as, you know, she she recognizes, like, oh, this is toxic. She's like, there's too much testosterone here. They're adrenaline junkies. Don't you give in to this. Bodhi takes people to the edge. And then she (laughs) calls big wave writing uh, for... She says it's for macho assholes with a death witch. Like, she knows what this is and she knows what they're doing and and they're they only come back like apparently for these four months that they're not surfing to like hang out and be around and she's she's still kind of complicit in that and i think like a lot of that is because that's just what is expected you know that's just that is the time and so like you know really thinking about that with this character it's like she really embodies a lot of like a lot of pro- women were going through in the in the 90s you know like you had yeah. to be one of the guys and you had like but you also had to like be a woman and walk this fine line and still like she's still put through so much she's she's put through mental abuse from both groups from both yeah. uh, Keanu Reeves and Bodie, and through like physical abuse through Bodhi right because of her connections with men her connections with men are what all she is in the world, like, is what it feels like.
0: It just, I mean, it just bums me out because, like, you're right. Like, she is sort of inhabiting what you had to be at that time if you were female presenting. But even, even then, I'm like, it's still a story. Like, obviously, there are, like, really, really specific choices made to call out toxic masculinity or to acknowledge it and to acknowledge the dichotomy of like masculine culture and how it's oppressive and how it's toxic and how it's wrong and like how it can be nuanced, but still bad and how it can be good and still bad. Right? Like they, like this is a constant thing throughout, which makes the story really interesting. But at the same time, I'm like, you don't have to damsel her. <laughs> like you could, you could do something else. Like you understand you're not you're not ignorant to the to the trope. You're not ignorant to the to the motif here. It's obvious. You're making right. these very clear decisions. Why damsel? Her? You don't got to do that. Like, okay.
1: And and this is also like really to... this really pissed me off because like the person that originally wrote this got six hundred dollars for it. It was supposed to be a Ridley Scott film in the nineteen eighties, and it was in pre-production Whoa. and everything, and then everybody pulled out last minute. <gasps> so James Cameron and his wife. Um, Catherine, Catherine Bigelow. Bigelow yeah. Um, they were looking for something for her to pick up, for her to option, right? And then they came across this. And even though they're not credited, the two of them together really did extensive work on this script to make it better. I just watched Titanic this weekend, y'all. And that is a fucking feminist as shit movie. And I never realized it. Is it? And holy shit, it is so good. Like, I was like, it was like, holy shit, this is a long movie, right? But then as I was watching it, I was like, This is not, like, okay, like, yeah, like, Jack is there, but, like, he's just telling her, like, hey, it's cool to be yourself, and she's, like, like, she's not damseled. She's the one that saves him. In the end, like, sure, he dies, and she goes on and lives her life and has a great time. She's an 80-year-old grandma saying, like, oh, yeah, that's me. Weren't my tits hot? Like, you know, (laughs) I'm just, like, oh, this is so cool. You can do better. You can do this. Yeah. Um, So, like, after seeing that, I was, like, if you made any changes and you still damseled her after this and this and this and this, then it's a uh, choice. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse it, it's me. It's a choice.
0: Ugh. And cause, <laughs> cause to me too, like I look at some of these lines and like right off the bat, I know that this is like very abrasive language, but I love it where the FBI director says he's young, dumb and full of cum, which obviously is just like a uh-huh. very fun line and obsessed with, but it's centering this very like toxic, aggressive, like, that's all that men think. Like it's 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 reiterating this this. Not only is that what the chief's thinking about, but that's what he's assuming this young man is thinking about in this environment. Is just like it's sex. It's 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 misogyny. It's all of these things, right, in this the very straight space. And air then, got
1: dirty, and the sex got clean.
0: Yeah, like so that's obviously like boys are dumb. Let's move past it. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love that. that's why that inclusion's there. And then even later when um, Utah gets sort of, like, his in with Bodhi, it's because he catches a fucking football. He, like, catches the football, and uh-huh. then Bodhi's like, wow, man, nice catch. You've got moves. And it's like, <laughs> that was written into the script. That is so silly. That is so silly, and it's so real, and it just reiterates, and, it, and like, it paints this very particular picture of male culture and how silly it is and how, th- like, how simple. It's so simple. It's so unthoughtful, and it's mm-hmm. so all of these things and in that one moment it's such a v- very particular like this is what this is this may seem silly but this is real and, and and amongst it all I'm like yes cool these are very particular moments you're calling this out in a fun way to address like this is silly toxic masculinity is bad like
1: also like ageist arguments are bad right like yeah. old school versus new school like Keanu shows up or I should call him by his character name. Uh, Johnny shows up and he's like... Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah, right? He's like, hey, well, I mean, let's do this. Let's try this. And then like, Papas is like, "Uh, if I haven't done this in 22 years, you sure can't. And then in order for Johnny to like assert his dominance he has to initiate this screaming match right so like he has to like and only after he yells at him real bad and they get into it like are they men can only talk about how they feel or say what they mean when they're like yelling and that's just another way that they reinforce this is the violence within like the alpha dog culture of the cops
0: yeah exactly it's and and again you're 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 like navigating through different types of violence as communication and 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 the the varying severities of each and each sort of zone of conflict or confrontation or conversation right the boss so,
1: controls their diets wha- they're not allowed uh, to drink so, to, to eat sugar right yeah. and i was like what the fuck and then you leave donuts out here just to tempt
0: people so, so you can make it's, sure like it's okay that's so, cool It's so silly and bad, but I like how it's so intentionally done. And that's that's a part of the movie that I like where it's like, yes, if you're going to like, obviously, these are caricatures of people. But at the same time, it's critiquing this culture. I like that. It's intentional. (laughs) But it's also like every, every and again, when we talk about choices, everything was a choice here including damseling of Tyler, but then secondarily what I was saying at the beginning of this, which was like reiterating this idea that the judicial system, the justice system as we know it, and this pro-capitalist, pro-cop structure has the final say of what is right and wrong, even in the murky waters of ethical ambiguity like at the end of the day this narrative centers around a cop who wants to seek justice because he sees injustice and wants to seek it but it's like that's not this this isn't justice this is this is just what it is and you have a hero complex and you want to see this through for you not for justice not for anybody because you've gotten how many people killed that's it and then even at the end what bothered me so much and i thought was this was just a fucking silly silly ending especially for a movie that had a lot of big opinions at least initially the first half of the movie these opinions are huge the second half is more like well we're gonna just fall into gendered heteronormative tropes pro-capitalism mm-hmm. pro-man cool like that's just kind of how it fell into play but at the end when Utah meets Bodhi in Australia and he's like I finally got you and he's like but this was a wave I've been waiting for and he can Bodhi convinces him to let him go he's like he lets him go under the guise of surfer brotherhood and he's like man we just both get the waves and i'm like like how many people fucking died how for, much money for...
1: have you spent trying to track this guy around the fucking world yeah. how many so people the the... lost their lives how many at the end
0: of the yeah. at the end of the day it has nothing to do with justice it has to do with ego and this silly toxicity yes. of of what what is considered like male bonding in this way and how that is paramount how that is like the biggest like wow so it was just fucking gross like and, th- and that that bothered me so much as a movie again, I think it's fantastic I think it's really cool and it, it brings up a lot of things but like that ending just to reinstill cops are good masculinity it reigns supreme and brotherhood and patriarchy is ultimately the strongest. And I'm just like, why? Why? Why is this the ending? Why why are you ending it with pro-capitalist, pro-cop patriarchy? Like You literally did so much work to establish that these things are bad. And then in the end, it's like, well, you just don't get it. You just wouldn't get it because you're not a... Pro capitalism male cop. Like, what? That's yeah. it? That's really it? Whoa. Okay. I guess I'll never get it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So,
1: I have the exact same feelings <laughs> on this because Wait. that is bullshit. I it's also so I, bad. Okay, I want to zero in on Bodhi. First of all, Bodhi apparently means wakefulness, uh, and it's based off of. Bodhisattva I I do not know how to uh, pronounce this but it's a term in uh Buddhist religion that means enlightened being who out of compassion forgoes nirvana to save others which is supposed to contextualize um uh, Bodhi and uh his journey and who he is but I hate just this whole movie is just this weird entitled alpha struggle that like yeah eventually drives Bodhi to madness in order to like maintain superiority despite like how many people are killed. Like, and it kills him in the end too. Like, he he says shit like, and this is why I think some of the writing was excellent for this movie where he's like, why be a servant to the law when you can be its master? Violence is unstoppable. Fear causes hesitation, which causes worst fears to come true. Projects strength to avoid conflict. Peace through superior firepower. So when you start, like, getting into, like, these little tidbits that he says, like, throughout the film, like, anytime, like, he let, like, one of these, like, little nuggets go, I was like, oop, boom boom boom, and I wrote it down, and I compiled them all at the end, and was like... Oh shit, this is gross. And then, like, yeah. when he first sees Tyler with Keanu, mind you, they're not together anymore, right? They were together at one point, I guess. And, like, you know, she sees other people, so does he, and it's fine. But he, like, sees her with him and he's like, Who's that guy? Are you replacing me? I'm a better surfer. And then he, like, flaunts other women in front of her. He's just, like, being super territorial. And then at the end, after he's taken Tyler hostage as a means to get Johnny to come and like do the heist with them the whole thing right in his like impassioned speech right he refers to her as my woman and then he has a line that where he says that she didn't love him uh she only loved Johnny and so it comes down to even at that point like he's upset because this woman who he like has decided is his Didn't feel the same way uh, that she feels stronger for somebody else. And I'm just like, that's fucking gross. Right. But like you don't get to see this until he is backed up against the edge. Right. So then in that same way that we talked about earlier with the cops, right, with establishing dominance and men can only say what they really think and feel when they're yelling about it. He does that here. Right, where he was trying yeah. to pose up as like, oh, I'm good and like everything is cool and like I'm so chill, but really inside he's just like, you are with my fucking woman, right? Yeah,
0: it's it's not integral thought. It's more just like this posturing and this performance of this performative zenness, as opposed to like actually anything that's personally transformative. It's literally just to show, hey look how fucking chill I am. But deep down, he's still this misogynist who thinks he owns women. And you're like, well, okay.
1: And then like, we're, we're pitted against like, you know, so like that form of like, at first what seemed like good, like a good relationship, a good manly relationship. Right. And then Keanu still embodies a lot of that. Right. And so like, he is like, you know, well, you pull pull the ripcord first. No, you do, you do, you do, right? There's all of these moments where they're like butting heads, right? And then like he yells fucker and runs off the plane, right? Yeah. (laughs) Which is also just hilarious. But like in the end, we're supposed to see Keanu's form of alpha we're supposed to see him as the true alpha right because he he is actually the one that is able to remain cool and calm or does things the right way so it's the right way to go about navigating a male world right because he got the girl in the end he did the mutual respect thing where he let the dude go right because like it's okay you're a man i get it and then Bodhi got what he wanted in the end like I don't understand like what, what are the fucking it's, consequences there
0: were no consequences for any of the men in this I mean but again the movie was all men so there are no consequences uh they both get to just except death except death for <laughs> for random and innocent, which people.
1: they didn't give a shit about right so like all of Bodhi's bros like they all die and he's just like oh well we gotta bury him oh we don't have time okay and then fucking runs off like yeah cool dude yeah it
0: just it like there are levels to that that just really bother me as far as like story is concerned because again it was thoughtful but at a certain point that thoughtfulness kind of just went by the wayside to just establish oh this is standard for these movies Let's just damsel her, let's make sure that like the men get away with it and let's let's uphold patriarchy mm-hmm. clearly, specifically, elegantly, great. And again, like I'm looking at my notes here, and like even the way it portrayed cops, like there were certain moments where I'm like, why are they it's it's romanticizing and making these cops the hero, because again, they're after justice ultimately. But then it'll be like after the um the drug raid, the drug house, when yeah. they break in and all these people died. Gary Busey, his cop, Papas, he says, last time you had a feeling I had to kill a guy. I hate that. It looks bad on my report. Yes, Which, I
1: fucking where I'm hate like, that.
0: Where I'm like, that's amazing. Like, yes, cops are bad. Like, this yeah, is perfect. Yeah. Like, this is so emblematic of, like, cops don't care about human life. We know this. Great. You're writing into the story. You're painting them as bad like perfect but then you're juxtaposing that with like the hero who's like Mm -hmm. accepting this as truth from his partner and it's just like yeah you know i'm sorry yeah yeah but at the same time they're both complicit in this way so i'm like you're saying this very particular thing about the infrastructure of policing and like how cops are bad like you're you're clearly and eloquently displaying this but at the end of the day there are no consequences, and I don't think that's an intentional narrative-driven choice to say that, like, that's just the nature of the world, because, again, as we know, and as she knows, as they know, producing stories like this and reiterating this within a narrative in, like, the cultural zeitgeist, people will see this, and whatever portion of it will resonate, and if you're creating these narratives around this, people will see that, internalize it, and be like, that's how the world works. To to mm-hmm. some degree, because, I mean, that's just how entertainment works. I mean, that's how we get stereotypes and tropes and all these things, because it's told in these stories so many times. It becomes integrated into people's beings, whether or not it's true. And more often than not, it isn't. So, if you're making the choice to tell a story like this with these set intentions, and at the end of the day, you just fall into complicity with the status quo, it's just so obnoxious. Because I'm like, you have something to say, fucking say it. Like, stop. D- don't Don't just dip your toe into it just like you're so close and at the end of the day this movie just ends up being another problematic piece of cinema (laughs) otherwise (laughs) you did so well and you're so fucking close and you get way closer than like she with this movie got way closer than how many movies have we seen yeah absolutely you know what i mean like just in its in its way because like obviously there have been a couple movies where like wow this is like really telling and well-written and like it had a very particular approach to like capitalism or racism or or uh systemic oppression like all of these things similarly here so close so fucking close and it misses the mark completely with the third act like it's just whoop, just gonna scoot all that away <laughs> and i'm like yeah, why
1: it felt like it was so subtle not so subtle but like it felt like it was um more subtle than 90s cinema is used to. So like that's maybe why they had to uh, they had to like go back into like yeah. shitty tropes and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I really 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 love that dichotomy thinking of it even more. I also uh really liked the way like well I hated this. I hated this as a thing. Like I liked how it showed Johnny and the way that he the way that he decided to target Tyler as intentional as he was with that and how he, like, made the active choice to prey on her vulnerabilities and exploit the fact that she did a nice thing for him, right? And then the trauma bonding, I liked all of that, too, because that also felt very, like, this guy, this is supposed to be our good guy, right? This is supposed to be who this is. But there are no good guys in this because in the end, no. he is still bad and he he's gotten where he was and he got the girl and he got all of this through means of manipulation and exploitation. Like, yeah. and this is, these things happen so subtly and they like, you don't even realize that they're happening. But like, it's just like pushing the envelope just a little bit more and a little bit more every time until like this completely unacceptable thing is now super acceptable and it's fine. You know, because,
0: because to me with that same, with that same idea, if you're going to tell this story about this toxic, ...ness, why not end it with mutually assured destruction like get to that point where like okay Bodhi swims out and dies I mean I don't want more death but at the same time like give Yatu give Yatu whoa give you, <laughs> <laughs> give Utah his same day in that way where it's like they're both bad I, I, I do want to before I get to that point I want to say you brought up that when they were falling out of the plane it was this constant like kind of like pissing contest of like you pull no you pull no you pull we we're playing chicken like this very male thing to the point where like you're willing to play this little silly game of whose dick is bigger and the other uh, prize is you die like you're willing you die to or risk, you live. you're willing to risk your life to prove that you have a bigger wiener cool what the fuck that is yeah. so toxic and silly but that I mean, that's constant throughout, right? Like, Bodhi's trying to get away, and Utah's trying to find justice, and is constantly like, you can end this now. Okay, Utah, you could have ended it weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You literally, like, if you just stopped, these people would still be alive. This girl who you gaslit and emotionally abused would not be kidnapped. Like, the, like you think you're doing this judicial thing when in fact you're the catalyst for all of these actions and it's that pissing contest between the two of them that gets all of these people killed. So if that's the structure of the narrative at the end, since that is inherently bad, both this, what would be considered the good guy being the instigator for this violence and what would be considered the bad guy as sort of the reactionary party who's like, just leave me the fuck alone. I'm trying to bounce, but they're both still toxic and representing this very, Garbage patriarchal structure. At the end of the story, end them both, kill them.
1: Yeah, like like that would have been cool.
0: Yeah, because then you're 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 clarifying in a very particular way. This does not work. This system doesn't work. This patriarchal structure doesn't work. This ego driven male shit doesn't work. And we see that he died. He died. We lost a bunch of innocent lives. All of this money is gone. Nothing happened there was no justice justice wasn't real here it's not a realistic thing in this binary expectation of good and bad because that's not how the world works and with this level of like i'm gonna do this no i'm gonna do this no if you don't do this it's like that pissing contest nobody wins what a great Mm -hmm. story that would have been right like kill them both and and wrap it up with a little bow and say Boom. Well,
1: and absolutely, and they <laughs> like by that same token, like because you're absolutely right. The way that that choice at the end was framed, and the way that the choice when he can't shoot Bodie, right, the way that yeah. both of those choices are framed is that he's a good guy and he cares about people. If he cared about people, why, why did so many people have to die in that raid? He, right, he
0: would have stopped. Yeah, like, yeah. why
1: wouldn't he tell? Like, okay, sure, he can't tell Tyler that he's a cop or whatever, but like. She didn't need to be a part of that at all in order for him to to come along,
0: and it just it bums me out that they damseled her because like that that wasn't his motivation. His motivation was justice. I mean, and again, you could argue that it was both, right? Like maybe he did really fall in love with her, which is what they were trying to like say in in some of these scenes. But like you said, he would have kept fucking going even if she wasn't captured, yeah, he needed absolutely. he needed his little medal. he needed his hero award. And he needed just big air quotes justice restored, yeah. But that didn't happen. And so to me, I'm just like, you know what? If you're gonna kill, if you're gonna kill Bodie, kill Utah. Mutual leadership destruction. Pa- the patriarchy is bad. Capitalism is bad. This idea of binary good and bad is bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the, just yeah. Fucking really didn't. I mean, as as much as we're critiquing it, I did really enjoy it. I do think it's a good movie. Did I you think love it's... all the butts? Oh, and that's also one of the things too. Is like the the whole like this really really toxic cis straight man, it, like this ego testosterone pile of just like spew messy shit. She makes them all look at this like other guys' butt, and and again, they're not in in it. It's not written that like oh they're doing something gay and that's the joke because they have to look at another guy's butt. That's not the point. The point is they're looking at it and they're just like oh. well. Shit, I guess, like, this is just what's happening. It's not really commented <laughs> on in, like, a, a, a negative, like, a, a sort of a gay, pejorative, humoristic way. It's mm-hmm. just these straight guys have to look at this other straight guy's butt and then they're moving past it. But I like that as a choice because I yeah. feel like without making that the joke, which would be gross and garbagey, you're still imbuing this, like, pseudo homoeroticism throughout it. Uh, under the guise of of toxic maleness,
1: there are so many times where I just wanted Bodie and Johnny to They're kiss. They're gonna kiss. I just yes. wanted them to kiss. I just wanted them to kiss the whole time. Just that kiss. Whole, it's fine.
0: That whole idea, and that was uh, that was also one of the things that I love too. Is like there were were these really flirtatious moments. There were these moments of like, "Fuck, are you feeling this? Like, are they? Is this happening? Like, that's I crazy.
1: It. I felt it. It was and, there. And, and yeah. it, it's
0: it's under this guise of like, well, hetero bromance yeah. bullshit which is like also what a fucking shit term Bro, shut <laughs> up like b- sexuality is a spectrum you can be attracted to like what it just uh, what, it's gross it's gross and garbage and toxic but I do like that these were very in- and again it felt very intentional like they were kind of romantic with each other there were moments mm-hmm. of romance between the two of them there were ro- moments of like eroticism and, 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 and gay shit there was moments of just them like, ooh, you guys are so gay for each other. Just fucking kiss him. Kiss him right now. Do it. Kiss him on the mouth. Do kiss it. Kiss him on the mouth. He thinks you're hot because he can catch a football. You think he's hot because of this uh, yogi experience and he can surf and you want to surf. Yeah, you think he's hot. He thinks you're hot. Kiss him. It's consensual. It. Say yes. Fine. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Johnny Utah is an extreme sports athlete all about the YouTube hits and his sweet monster energy during sponsorship when his most recent stunt turns deadly for his friend who was also doing the stunt thing. Johnny goes into a depressive state and begins training at the FBI Academy where he will undoubtedly see more death because that makes sense. He begins his first training assignment in the field and makes a connection with a recent string of international crime and a thrill-seeker checklist called the Ozaki 8, which impresses his boss who lets him, the FBI agent in training, go undercover to do some recon. He goes to France and meets his assigned handler, Agent Papas, who takes him big wave surfing and parties all night on a Trust Fund Kid yacht. Johnny meets the bad guys who happen to be the extreme sports equivalent of the Cool Kids Club, helmed by Zen alpha dog Bodie.
1: Johnny forces his way into their group, and they go on a lot of extreme sports adventures in their quest to complete the Ozaki 8 and reach Nirvana. One of them dies and there's a Viking funeral and a chrome house that turns into another trust fund party. He gets a call from his boss and realizes he's been gone for a while, so he checks in. Then he comes back to the group and they try to get him to blow up trucks filled with gold. Because that's an offering to the earth? Anyways, He reveals he's a cop and chases them till he hurts his knee, intentionally lets Bodhi get away, and angry shoots his gun into the air. He figures out where their next heist is and chases them, killing one of them who turns out to be this girl Samsara that he banged a few times. Another chase happens, but this time it's on a free climb rock in Venezuela, but Bodhi gets away again. Johnny catches up with him a few years later and lets him go again. Because he wants to ride the big boy wave. But it's okay because he totally dies from said big wave.
0: There was a lot. Um, This movie fucking sucks. Just out the gate. We literally
1: start this movie on the edge.
0: Oh my God. It's Utah and his friend. And they're on these motorbikes. And they're going to do some big stunt. And it's like a crazy thing. And his friend's like... Hey, man, don't you think this is too much? And he's like, No, man, my YouTube's gonna go crazy. And he's like, You know, there's more to life than just YouTube. He's like, Well, you don't know YouTube like I know YouTube because YouTube is life. And he's like, Just be careful because I don't want my friend to die. And he's like, Don't worry, YouTube will save me. Also, and then they go,
1: I like smoothies. So,
0: yeah, it, you so know, <laughs> if I break on my body, I can drink smoothies <laughs> right my life. And then it's this whole thing. And then inevitably, the friend dies and he's like, Oh no. And again, Every single death in this is so glazed over. Mm-hmm. Like death is so irrelevant here.
1: Even I, though, like, his whole like a whole cornerstone of this character is that his friend died, and so he's just like perpetually sad for seven years, supposedly. Oh yeah. And, okay. and here's
0: the thing for me is story wise, already from the scene, why is this person's death the causality behind joining the FBI. Like why is his death the catalyst? There was no conversation previously about how like he's a bad guy and wants to now do good because this bad thing caused the death of his friend. Ergo, he's trying to f- seek justice. He's trying to like right his wrongs. He's trying to pay penance, but this makes no sense because there's no talk of that. There's no talk of like, I've wanted to join the FBI this whole time. Like there's no conversation as to why he's there. He just says, I'm here cause my friend died. Why? Why? Why does that make sense? Why does you being here make sense with like it doesn't make sense?
1: If he's so traumatized by death, why would he go to the FBI where there will undoubtedly be more death that he's either going to witness, participate in? It could be more of like the people that he knows. Like, I don't understand that choice. And I silly. um, It makes no sense. And they tried like, OK, Johnny Utah is a problematic piece of shit. Right. So like he starts we start off with like you were talking about him being like this social media star, whatever. I'm so cool. Right. And then like they try. Okay, first, let's go to hit that like one off line about poor him because his education. Right. I got my GE at 23 years old and I finished college five years later than all my friends. Right. Which when you look at what that's saying is that those lines are there to be like, Oh, he's not smart. Right. Or like, well, or he's, he's...
0: it's, it, it's establishing him as a layman or it's like an everyman. Like, Oh, see, he's our hero, but he also, uh, he also fails at life. There's the expectation that these things are bad. And therefore those who have also done them can succeed. It's, it's just audience surrogacy shit.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. It's framing this as negative as like, you know, like, oh, he didn't go to school right away. Fuck him. He sucks. Right. Yeah. Um You guys, I have been working on my AA for over a decade and I'm finally finishing it now because I've had to work for so fucking long. And like that line to me was just like, yeah, rub it in my face. All of my everybody I know graduated like 10 years ago. That's fine. Like. Yeah cool like what is this doing what is this serving
0: like well it plays into the idea of pro-capitalism that this movie sort of this movie is just right with this pro-capitalism thing but on top of that it's not even go to college get into that it's go to college with money that you have been given through generational wealth Mm. as we see with like the trust fund boat and all of these young people in this like big yacht party or like whenever there's a party in this like big mansion in the woods whose house is that why are we here oh it's this rich guy who wants to sponsor you guys okay how did you get these things like it's this is such a rich person's story all of these people are wealthy and well off and have literally never struggled with money it's not i don't like this movie i don't like this movie
1: yeah um i agree like this group is supposedly sponsored by like this super rich party monster right uh like there's Okay, there's a fucking skateboard ramp on the yacht, which was pretty tight. <laughs> I so, will yeah, admit. That was
0: that um, was cool. That was but, cool.
1: But like every other time, like they're like, Oh, we don't need anything, like we don't own anything. We just are trying like we're we're doing the Ozaki eight to try to like I, I don't understand. All, what, it was like, okay, nature is going to give us this, and then we have to make a sacrifice to nature for that. And I was like, okay. But, like, they do things... Like, okay, that, that whole thing doesn't... <laughs> this movie hurts my brain. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, well, because it's, it, again... It, or not again, initially. It doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, it, it it's trying to find all of these different avenues into like... So off the bat, we're seeing he's joined the FBI after his friends died. There's this new band of robbers who are going to these different countries, so it's intercontinental, and stealing from these rich tycoons or, or what have you, and then literally giving it away to poor people. So like, they rob this diamond person and throw all the diamonds out the window to the impoverished communities around this area. Uh, they steal that money off the plane and literally let it all rain down on this poor community. Um, So you're, they're trying to establish this like Robin Hood thing, which to me, I'm like, that makes it way, way ethically, it, it makes it more ethically ambiguous. It makes it more difficult because it's like, right. well, they're doing good. But then this movie doesn't get back to that at all. They set up this idea that it's a Robin Hood motif, but then they don't even touch it again. It's just like, they're just giving it all away. And even to the point where like, in the scene with the fbi head i what is it captain whatever boss Who cares? boss person <laughs> they've we've already established like okay this is like a robin hood situation cool that we know this they've told us they've talked about it already and at a certain point this boss boss person is like so it's not about the money it's about spiritual enlightenment Okay, so you did already tell us earlier that it wasn't about the money. You cannot then go back and be like, wait, so it's not about the money? Because you were the one who told us that it wasn't about the money. <laughs> like, right? don't, then, don't, why would you do that? Like, this is bad then, writing.
1: <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, okay, they're, first of all, they're on this plane that has no armed guards and the money's just there on pallets. Like, cool. That's how money works, I guess. That's I mean, how U.S. I, current, I mean, I like, want a I fucking, want a pallet of money. Fucking weird. Okay, but like, if they're like, they are trying to say like they're doing this for the Earth, right? So this is their act that they're giving back, right? So the diamonds they gave them to the people. Okay, that's that's like cool. Like like you said, Robin Hood. And then like when they they go to do like their third one with the gold and they're like trying to give the gold back to the Earth, I was like thought about that money palette one and i was like wait but isn't that just littering how is that giving back to the earth because like sure like that like impoverished community got a little bit of it
0: right but like but that's That's why it feels like this movie doesn't want know what it wants to be. Because again, the, 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 the told narrative, the, the, the scripted narrative is essentially we're giving back to the earth. We are what we're considering in this narrative as eco terrorists. We care about the environment. We care about the earth more than we care about people. That's the deal. But that's not what's being presented off the bat. What's being presented off the bat is a Robin hood structuring. Mm -hmm. So it's, is it both? Because they're not really talking about giving to poor people. They're just talking about the earth. But we're seeing that they're giving to poor people, and it's intended. It's intended that they are giving this to these people. That's why we're seeing the shots of this like poor community. $100 bills are raining down. This other community, also visibly poor, is being given diamonds. It's like, yes, okay, you're framing these shots in a very particular way for us to understand. Yes, Robin Hood. Cool. Into it. But then later they're like, we're not Robin Hood. We're just earth and it's like then why did you show us all this stuff you told us that it was going to be this movie and then you gave up
1: show us wealth from that on
0: yeah and then then it's just this whole other earth shit and it's like i don't this movie doesn't know what it wants Um, it's
1: also like okay well mother nature is going to give us all these things and we're going to do it and it's going to be awesome right but like in order to do these incredible feats that they're talking about (laughs) they have to like use things that harm the environment like motorcycles or planes. So it's like, Uh, send the chopper like mother nature wanted. Let's go to the Chrome house in the middle of the fucking mountain. Right. And then there's like this, like, Oh, well this doesn't belong to him. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying? You don't know anything. And like, they're trying to frame these people as like, uh, who are all like people of color, right? Like the, this surfer group this time or surfer group, whatever. Uh, they are all people of color this time. And they're also environmental terrorists. I just have such a big problem with that because it's like we're now seeing environmental, like being concerned about the environment is bad because it's extremist, right?
0: It's bad because it's considered extremist. It's only considered extremist because it's anti-capitalism. And that's what they're trying to say is like they're trying to stop these big production companies from making these billions and billions and billions of dollars off of these things. And their whole deal is like, no, well, we're trying to protect the earth. And so then they're painted by the cops who again, in this movie are supposed to be heroes that these cops are painting these people who are trying to be of the earth and green energy and all of that as terrorists, because they are trying to dismantle these systems of wealth that only benefit this upper class whilst also destroying the earth that we live on. So it's, while also
1: participating in it, right? While so also participating in it, yeah. Like, which is so messy because, like, then they're just elevating themselves and, like, giving themselves a big-ass pass. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, this this doesn't know what it wants to be. And even, like, so the, the Ozaki 8, right, is, like, these what? are these 8 challenges that are called ordeals. I don't want to do anything that sounds like a whole ordeal to you holy no. shit right so like they're they're invented by this dude ozaki and like supposedly ozaki is the one that also saved samsara who we'll talk about later because i have little like a lot and nothing to say about her at the same time because she's yeah. not in this movie and then bodhi was like his acolyte right but he completed the like the the big thing in this movie is like he's he died doing these challenges and you can train your whole life and not be ready for them despite the fact that Johnny Utah, a dirt bike uh, trick rider dude can do all of this with no training and it's fine, right? But like yeah, that guy that created these died doing the first one but he didn't die doing the first one. He died giving an offering to the earth after he completed the first one because he put his little boat in front of a big boat to try to save a whale and that was his thing and Bodie is now an extremist and stuff because he was on that boat and he survived what the fuck is that
0: again it does not make sense this movie doesn't make sense this movie is so poorly written it's I mean I you could have told me that this movie was triple x and I would have been like yes (laughs) I am watching the movie triple x with Vin Diesel currently although I haven't seen that movie in a while so I don't want to like degrade it that much but from what i remember not very good
1: i don't yeah i don't remember I like it's thing.
0: It's probably really messy uh so i don't want to be like but probably it's easier whatever to follow yeah but at least with a bad story there's a story whereas this one's just so all over the place and it's it's trying to remake the first one without any of the clever capture of like attention it loses all attention because at least in the first one when he's undercover there are these moments of like when they're at the beach and 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 uh keanu gets in the fight and uh gary Busey runs across the street and he's like what's happening what's happening when he comes confronts Bodie and they're in that moment there's that like wait is he gonna get caught and then they play it off real cool and then they move past it so there are these moments to remind you like let's make sure they don't get caught and like that's mm-hmm. that's the attention ground like we're invested because these are moments of like What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But in this one, you completely forget that he's undercover. Like he goes to this. also he 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 was undercover. (laughs) He goes to a fucking fight club and you're like, what? And that's where they bond. And you're like, no, this is, this is mess. This is a Mm -hmm. mess. I hate this. And then you don't see Papa's or his, his, uh, partner. For a literal hour and, like, 20 minutes. This is a movie about friends who do extreme sports and it has nothing to do with the FBI or anything. There's no reminding that, like, that's happening to the point where, like, he even forgets. Like, was, like it does seem like, oh, they forgot about this. Like, there's... You can't just ditch that whole premise and then, like, in this moment with the gold, that's when he picks up the gun and is like, FBI! Or, or like, police! And you're it. like, Wait! Yeah. Nothing was earned. It was it was so disjointed and unheard. You went from scene to scene and each scene proved just nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the last or moving the story forward. They're just in a new place this time and it's like we're going to this cabin where Steve Aoki's DJing and it's cool. And, and there's like- lots of butts. And there's lots of girls and we're just going to fuck. And you're like, cool. And then they're like, and then we're jumping off this cliff because it's a six second free fall and you either fly or die. No, you guys have squirrel suits and you're going to be flying for like five minutes. So that makes no sense. Also, what? And then it's like they're (laughs) snowboarding and they're like, we can't go. And he's like, fuck this. I'm going to keep going. And then the guy dies and they're just like, he made his choice. And the death is so overlooked. And also a Viking funeral. So poorly di- like, it feels, and this is my own opinion, this is my opinion, it feels so poorly directed because the reactions to all the deaths, I mean, maybe that's the choice. Maybe the choice is deaths don't really matter in this world, just keep going. Uh, and if that be the case, I, cool, I didn't get it. Also, no. Um, but the, the character choice is to be like, well, he's gone. He's just gone, man what do you mean he's gone well he made his choice and we're just gonna move on because he's gone now and he's like no that was yeah and then they're just at the steve aoki dj party and you're like
1: where where their friend is literally who, his body is burning He's outside. burning outside
0: and that's like, the party and you're just like what the fuck is happening
1: the editing the dialogue the story everything so is atrocious bad. for this and they spent all of their money because a so lot of this was shot like on location they spent yeah. all of their fucking money on all like the world. you know because uh, a lot of these people that did the stunts and everything are like extreme sports people they spent yeah. all their fucking money on that right which is like all right cool like why don't you make sure you have like a coherent fucking story is that so well, oh my god also, and, like and i know I, that's wild i know that's a wild concept I, but like holy shit. And they like, like you said, they want to like, they really try to hone in on every person makes their choice, right? Every person makes their choice. And with Bodhi specifically, I have a huge problem with how they were trying to frame him because they were trying to say, he looks down on Johnny because Johnny let the death of his friend dictate the direction of his life right he's like i don't care that you were sponsored by all these people i don't fucking care like that's fine that's your choice but you let this person's death you know decide your fate and that's fucked and in that same way what he's doing is the same tactic that Bodhi used in the in the first one but on a weirder fucking level where he's just like He's demeaning him and saying, basically saying, "You are nothing, and you shouldn't follow anybody, but you should follow me, right?" And that is absolutely gaslighting. So, like, yeah, he's like, and he's deluded himself into thinking that that is not gaslighting, right? And I'm just like, wait, what are you talking about?
0: I I do want to point out one script moment that I thought was genius. Ooh. And by genius, I mean very, very oh, bad, but point? very fun. Oh is yeah, you know exactly what line it is. He says. <laughs> there comes a point what do you mean it's when you wait, where you reach the point what point the point break uh, and where the point where, where is you pre- break where's previously a point break has everything to do with surfing. tides and waves and mm-hmm. surfing mm-hmm. and it makes sense for it to be called point break there's very little surfing in this movie so they've switched <laughs> the meaning of point break to being a breaking point point. <laughs> and i just the way this is set up it feels like such a like oh man yeah here's the hero shot here's the hero line like shut yeah. up that's okay. so silly
1: did you read that article I sent you where they were I just did. like you watch this movie and you're like they're basically I fucking underneath the water for 10 minutes right and so I'm just like oh they're so proud of that and then like there's, there's these moments where you're like you know that they, like, pat each other on the back and they're like, that's so fucking good. Good fucking job. That's so good, man. Yeah. And even, well, like, the the actors and, like, just everybody involved with this movie was like, man, this is so good. This is so spiritual. Like, the woman that played Samsara, who was literally in it for five fucking minutes, and, uh, I'm sorry, three of those five fucking minutes, she was fucking the main character. Like, okay, but... She saw her character as, like, an oracle for, like, the group. But, like, the whole time I'm like, why is she there? What is she to these people? And then it's like, okay, Ozaki saved you when you were a kid. Why are you here? Like, she didn't add anything. She wasn't anything to anybody in this movie.
0: So I came to a realization at a certain point. This movie just feels like, you know that conversation at a party with, like, some straight cis white dude who's like, I just want to go off the grid. Oh, yeah. So it's this this concept. And and by go off the grid, they mean that they want to live in a society where their actions are not, they're not held accountable for their own actions. So by going off the grid, they want no responsibility and no recourse for their shitty beliefs. And it's this idea like, oh, I want to just go back to a time where men could be men. Like that kind Mm -hmm. of idea of like, where violence is language and brutishness is like a badge of honor. Like the more brutish you are, the more strength you have where women are servants and not people where something like cancel culture doesn't exist. And like all of this language that I'm using, like th- this is very specific. I just want to be a problematic cis white man. And I don't want to be held accountable for my actions and I don't want to change. And also I don't want to learn um, this movie it, that I mean, it carries within itself that ethos. That's what this movie's about. He literally
1: says, we live on the grid just on our terms. We change the grid.
0: Yeah, which is... I mean, on your terms... What do you mean this? The grid is literally made for you, asshole. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you literally have every fucking privilege in this world because the grid was designed to accommodate you. But, oh, oh, okay. So now you want to, like, bounce because it's getting kind of hard like other people have it? It's just it's gross and I don't like it. And I think it's a bad movie and I just don't like what it, what the vibe is trying to do. And it's so like, like that Fight Club shit where like that's his initiation is to fight and he's like, I see that you have strength and so you're a man now. Like this is a test to prove that you're a man with a penis. And I'm like, why? What? Mm-hmm. What is What is the reason for this story? Just to to pat men on the back and like to not cry about when friends die and to to make sure that like, You know that men can climb things and hit rocks with other rocks and grunt and smell and fear for their own safety even when it's literally a pointless scenario. Like, shut the fuck up. This movie's so silly. This movie's bad and pointless and boring and toxic and just, this is a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. It's fucking awful.
1: It really is. There was like, every time I thought that it couldn't get worse... It got worse. It gets worse. And, like, at a certain point, I got, like, it was just, like, okay, fine. And I was, like, just laughing at it. I was, like, I can't fucking believe they made this choice, right? Like, the the point break thing that we talked about. And then, like, at about an hour in, it just changed. And it wasn't even, like, funny in a bad, like, this is unbelievable way. It got just the way that it doubled down on a lot of the problematic shit and, like, just went, like... They didn't need to explain why Johnny Utah got his name. That did not need to happen. And then, literally, they explain it. And Johnny's mom is an indigenous person to Utah, right? So they don't say indigenous. They don't say Native American. They say Indian. My mom is a Utah Indian, is what he says. And then everybody called me Ute, and then they called me Utah, and then it was Johnny Utah just stuck. So this is 20-fucking-15. Like, there is no way that you can't not know what this is. And and he has, like, a bunch of tribal tattoos, too. So this is them trying to validate that and trying to do this. And I'm like, you can't even fucking use proper terminology. Like, you're going to make this white-ass guy like an indigenous like
0: yeah like it's trying to represent native people in this way that's i mean not only did you not do any homework and you're just a racist piece of shit colonizer but you're also trying to do some sort of pseudo-inclusive exposition for a backstory as to say like oh this person's native shut up like stop yeah and, and but but to me like that is so like when that happened that it was just so unsurprising cuz in my head I'm like yeah this is a story for those off the grid cis guys who just like I mean they hate women but they're mad cuz they can't say it now uh, like I don't know like they want to say the n word when they rap to songs like that's like this guy this movie for those guys who are just like everything's a problem now and fuck and uh I don't know I'm so unsurprised by it's reckless use of language. It's reckless narrative. Like, I just, it's so unsurprising. And it's just so emblematic of cis male, straight white guys. Like, just the, the ethos of the patriarchy is this movie. And this idea of, like, extreme sports. And you can only bond when you're in, uh, when you face near death. Like, when they all hug after that big cliff jump and they're in those squirrel suits and they're like yeah we're bonded for life oh fuck like we almost died so now we can cry and like say we love each other because fuck and i just like wow they just have like a
1: big boner for adrenaline
0: which again is like to some degree i'm like live your life whatever gets you going whatever kink you got go for it obviously not cannibalism arnie oh go off uh but um (laughs) like sure Sure, 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 sure. But it's more than just like extreme sports for these people. It's just the, it's, it's reiterating all of these toxic traits and what is imbued upon uh, male presenting people under the patriarchy and what's expected of them. It's not even necessarily imbued, it's like what's expected. And for that adherence of procedure within it, you're given the privilege of, of maleness and male privilege underneath that umbrella. So it's like, it's reinstilling these things and making you remember like, yeah, this is what men are. There are two genders and this is what the male gender is. And, and we have wieners and blood and fight. And I'm not going to cry. He chose to die. And you're like, I, I don't fucking care. This is such a bull. This is not a story. This is not, it's, They tried to do something here and did nothing. And I also like that article that you sent where the director said he didn't watch the first one and didn't look towards the um, source material. And uh, you're like, oh, that tracks. At all because he wanted to be inspired by this new idea of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. So you're doing a remake of something without the source material.
1: That doesn't make sense. I hate it when people do that.
0: But again, to me, I'm like, of course this director did that. That is such a a fucking male ego thing. That's such a masculine thing to do. And just like, yeah, I don't need it. No, I don't need it. We got it. We can just do it. And you're just like, shut up.
1: Also for him to like try to, because like I was the whole time just completely confused as to like what the intersectionality between extreme sports And environmental activists is because like those are in absolute contradiction to each other, or at least in the way that they are going about it, where they're using a helicopter to get up here and they're using this to do this. And like the whole thing is just isn't them trying to commune with nature. It's them trying to fucking dominate it. But they are so thick that they can't understand that that's what they're trying to do. And it's like
0: they're trying to come from adrenaline. That's it. That's all That's they're it. worried about. That's literally it. Yeah. This is like okay, cool. And they're like, well, <laughs> nobody
1: else has done this, so I'm gonna do this, right? It's like all of the nuance from the first one and all of the yeah. stuff that we liked about it. Like, you cannot fucking make a remake or something from not like seeing the source material or reading it or like having a frame <sighs> of reference for it. And so, like, why not just call it something else? Make a different fucking movie
0: if you're just going to go that derivative change the name it's super easy and i also i I don't want to knock the process of writing because i know how hard writing is and i get it it's hard this script took three years to develop why why did you make this movie why why did you do that you obviously had no direction it took you three years to finalize this piece of shit what's the reason Why'd you do it? Like, what? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It sucked, man. It's not a good movie. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie.
1: And we're back. Cool. So, Eric. Yeah. We rode the big wave. And we survived somehow. I don't know. I was trying to transition and we, it. We didn't work.
0: We rode the point break to our breaking point.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so gross. Yeah, okay. it sucks. So, the 1991
0: version yes. Yes. with
1: Keanu Reeves yes, and Patrick Swayze. Yes. Who was it
0: for? Um, I didn't say cops. No. It was for, I mean, surfers, I guess. it. Yeah, it feels, I mean, no, surfers. You know what, fuck it, surfers. It's for surfers. That's it. <laughs> I'm spending too much time thinking about it. I'm just going to say, it's for surfers. Who do you think it was for?
1: I always forget that we're going to ask this question. And so, like, right after the pod, every time, I'm always like, I'm going to have a better answer for next time. Mm. Um, But this one for sure was for men. Like I cannot think like it is for surfers because surfers are also men. Right. Um, but there's just so much talk about Dick and like, just, you know, uh, this is better than sex and the whole thing. And it's like, it's just, it's for men in Southern California. Yeah. I think that, I think that feels correct.
0: Yeah. It's also for cops. It's, it's like also that's also cops, it's yeah. also it's it's for i mean at the end of the day it's for keanu reeves character it's for the cop surfer guy
1: <laughs> oh the intersectionality of cop and surfer and man yeah yeah okay it's, it's for yeah, that, that's sweet, it. that sweet Nailed little it. sweet spot um did you like it
0: i did i think point break is a good movie a genuinely again like we talked about before like for the structural nuance obviously there's a lot that it did wrong and it they got messy and reiterates all these things but overall i mean was i engaged and entertained the whole time absolutely did i think generally it was a cool story yeah i liked it i thought it was good i'd never seen it before and so this is my first viewing and so there's a there's a level of like hypeness that people get for these classics and so going Mm -hmm. into it with like a well this is considered a classic let's see what's happening um it's very good i did like point break what do you think did you like point break (laughs) I
1: love Point Break. Yeah. Like, I've seen this before, and before it was always like, yeah, this is good. Like, this is cool. Like, yeah. you know, this is chill. Um, re-watching it this time, and like, especially after talking to you, and like, that's one of the things that I love about doing this pod, is sometimes like, being able to talk to another human being about the story and everything in this really deep and big analytical way. Yeah. I... Like it more because, like, I realized the nuances to some of the writing that were just so, so good. I think this movie, especially for the 1990s, got a lot, it got more right than it got wrong. I think, yeah, and I really loved it. It's, it's good, it's just a it's a great movie. Also, movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves, when he's uh, surfing for the first time and he eats shit, I was like, I feel you. Because like yeah. I ate shit recently on my new skates and I was like, <laughs> I couldn't sit down for like four weeks because I broke my butt. No, so I just right like strained a muscle them. or something. But yeah, I, I think it was great. And I will watch it again. Do I think that the ending sucked? Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that Tyler deserved better? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Great. Uh, what about 2015? Was it new, interesting, or the same? Progressive, regressive? And how has the story evolved with today's ideals? So
0: I think it was regressive. I think it was different because it was boring and bad. I think... It evolved with today's ideals in the sense of adding the big air quotes, eco-terrorism aspect to make it more of like a earth crisis story about how global warming is happening and they're trying to save the earth. That's more of a recent conversation. So I guess it's modern in that way. And I guess it's new and I guess it's new. It's not interesting. Um, And it's bad. It's bad, 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 bad.
1: Yeah. Everything that you just said. It's regressive. It's bad. Like on top of that eco-terrorism thing, like they're also trying like they're showing that from such a position of wealth that wasn't there before. Like this was like the like ah yeah, like the sex supposed to be like the sexy rich version, like that's also darker and grittier. And yeah, like that wealth just really Did not have a place there in that kind of story, especially if you're going to try to go like talk about like environmentalism and all this other stuff. I'm like, wow, this sucks. But like also then to like add like this glorification of that because it tried to add like this commentary on social media and like where it said if a tree falls in the forest and nobody puts it on YouTube, did it really happen? I, like, and I was just like, oh my god, okay, boomer. Like, I do want to
0: know if YouTube sponsored this movie because they did say the fra- they said the name YouTube, I believe around ten times. Which is I, kind yeah. of unprecedented because YouTube does not come up that organically. Ever. No. Ever. So he's like, I was a YouTube star. Are you the YouTube star? If a tree falls and it's not on YouTube, does it Anyways, why'd you join the FBI and quit YouTube? Like, I what?
1: This movie also just really wanted to date itself, too, which is fine with me because nobody's ever gonna see it again. Yeah. Um You now get to tell me who it was for.
0: It was for monster energy enthusiasts.
1: Excellent. A plus.
0: Thank you. Who do you think it was uh, for?
1: It was for them. And for <laughs> YouTube enthusiasts.
0: Oh, see, yeah. If you cover mm-hmm. the YouTube base. Mm-hmm.
1: This is... Uh, What's okay. that? It's for them while simultaneously being for the people that are against, that, uh, against social media and want yeah. to be off the grid. So just like this movie couldn't decide what it wanted to do with characters, it couldn't decide who it was for.
0: Yeah, that is true. Canon. Cool. Cool.
1: Um, did you like it?
0: No, unequivocally no. It's garbage. Garbage, garbaggio Uh, it's awful and not fun and not cool. <laughs> uh, unequivocally bad. Uh, without question or recourse. If I say that, is that a word? Maybe. Ooh. Um, what did you think?
1: Oh, it was awful. I give this a negative four out of five stars.
0: That's a fair yeah. fair score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was just a very, very, very bad movie. And I mean, nobody should ever have to sit through it. It
0: delivered in one way. The it, point? It allowed us to find our breaking point.
1: <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> so I guess, I guess there is a level of achievement to be celebrated in that it did its due diligence in its titular activity. <laughs> so shout out to point break the remake in succeeding in that aspect thank you point break you really nailed it
1: yeah thank you for <sighs> thank listening you. everybody it. Look at us. this was wild so yeah thank you for listening um we Mentioned it on the last pod, but we wanted to mention again that we now have a Patreon. So if you would like to support us and um, everything we do here, we would be forever grateful. You can find that at patreon.com slash nostalgia. Um, You can subscribe for as little as $3 a month. So
0: yeah, Just go for it. And we officially recorded a not not episode. So you have content waiting for you if you so choose to unlock that tier.
1: We talk about misogyny in The Lord of the Rings, which I watched all six of them, and Eric has been reading books on screenwriting. And I talk about
0: how white screenwriters need to stop idolizing Chinatown, like Chinatown the film. (laughs) It's a fun listen. It's very casual and very cute. It's more casual, which is fun. So if you want to hear us talk about That silly stuff. Go listen. I mean, we're going to obviously just be loading it with a ton of content. So every other week, it's just going to be a new episode. So say you wait a little while and you get there and you're like, I have six episodes of this juicy ass show to listen to. That's crazy. But it won't be crazy. It'll be reality for you for being a patron and a subscriber, a patron of the arts because we're (laughs) artists and this is art. So thank you.
1: Don't forget to rate and review us if you haven't already. We love you, love you, love you. You can follow us on all of the social media, artwork, and music by Eric Lefebri, editing by Danny Barkley, and thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you, Jess. Remember to go check out the Nostalgia Network. Check out our other shows. Go read my blog. We're going to put more blog shit up there, too. It's going to be cute, but nostalgianetwork.com. It's really cute. It's a very fun site. Uh, Spend time on it. Just hang out. We're going to make it a social network at any any day now. It's going to be very cute.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love you. And remember, stay cute
0: and stay critical.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye bye 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 bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.
0: bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by The Nostalgia Network.
1: Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from The Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From misfits to shares Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, The Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast. Podcast.